Uh, welcome everybody. My name's Dr. Declan Highland uh, and I'm the incoming Associate Dean for the Royal College of Psychiatrists Choose uh, Psychiatry. Um, thank you for joining me for this podcast today. Um, I'm delighted today to tell you a little bit about the uh, recruitment strategy that the college has uh, recently produced for the next five years and um, this has been a massive piece of work that my uh, predecessor uh, Dr. Kate Levette um, led on uh, in collaboration with lots of different faculties associated with the Royal College of Psychiatrists uh, and the English divisions and devolved nations uh, and there's been lots of people inputted uh, into this piece of work and the idea behind the recruitment strategy is really looking at what the college needs to do over the next five years to not only uh, recruit uh, medical students and junior doctors into psychiatry, but also how we look after our trainees in psychiatry, both core trainees and higher trainees, and how we look after our specialty doctors as well, and uh, ensure that there are sufficient consultant posts as well. So it's really about recruitment and retention. Um, and I'm delighted today to be uh, joined by three trainees, all from the uh, Mersey region where I'm based myself. Um, and they're going to talk in turn a little bit about their own personal experience of uh, being a trainee and um, uh, also talking a little bit about why they went into psychiatry. Uh, and then I'm going to ask them some questions about their own particular circumstances. Uh, so we've got a trainee who's less than full time uh, and we've got a trainee who's done an out of program experience. And finally, a higher trainee who's going to talk a little bit about being less than full time, but predominantly about doing a special interest session and also a research session as well uh, as part of a higher training. So I'm going to uh, come on to our first trainee who is uh, Jackie Howarth. So uh, Jackie, would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? Thanks, Dr. Harland. Hi, everyone. So I'm Jackie Howarth. I'm one of the CT1s in the Mersey Care region. Um, started my training in February. Uh, previously, I was an anaesthetic trainee and specialty doctor. Um, and as Dr. Harland uh, mentioned, I'm going to talk a little bit about less than full time training, which I do currently for health and for childcare. OK, so I guess, Jackie, um, you know, less than full time training may be something that some uh, of our listeners might not have even heard of before. So can can you just explain a little bit about what less than full time training means and the implications for your training pathway? Yeah, sure. So less than full time training is essentially, you know, what the, the name suggests. It's a training programme. It leads to a CCT in the same way as um, a full time trainee would. But it gives you the opportunity to do it in, in like a longer period of time. So that means that you can work less days a week. So it really depends on what region that you work in, kind of what percentage of full time is available. So we're really lucky in Mersey Care that we, um, sorry, in the Mersey and um, Health Education Northwest region, that we are able to train anywhere between kind of 50% and 80%. So that's really, really flexible. So since starting in February, I've actually changed my uh, percentage just because it's hard to find what percentage really works well for you and your circumstances. Um, so previously I did 60% in my previous role in anaesthetics, which worked really, really well. But in psychiatry, I do feel that maybe it is better to work a slightly higher percentage because obviously we have lots of commitments like our educational commitments, our balance commitments, and it's just about getting the balance right between the clinical work and everything else. 
Okay, so uh, and you said before that you went less than full time uh, for both childcare reasons and uh, health reasons. Yeah. Um, do you feel then that going less than full time has kind of uh, benefited your health and actually made childcare a lot easier for you? Has that been a real advantage? Yeah, I mean, everybody's circumstances are different. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, it's not feasible to do it full time. Some people can certainly manage it full time. In my particular circumstance, I have a husband who's an NHS consultant working well beyond full time and it's just the two of us. So kind of one of us has to manage the kind of lion's share of what goes on. But for me, it has enabled me to stay in a training programme. Obviously, it can be very frustrating because it takes a long time and it can be hard when you do you know, naturally compare yourself to your peers. However, you know, it is then possible to stay in the training programme and it also allows you to do the training programme in the way that you want to do it. So you're not constantly juggling things. You do have time to do the little bits that, you know, you want to do outside. So, for example, since February, I've been able to do some work on a poster. I presented a regional poster already and I was also involved in the local um, teaching programme. So that was things that I was interested in that perhaps I wouldn't have had the time to do had it not been less than full time. Okay, so and, and I think that's really important, isn't it? That um, you know, less than full time training is not just for those trainees who are thinking of starting a family or who have childcare commitments or, or, or you know, primary care commitments. So it allows you to take on uh, additional interests that you might not be able to do if you were working full time. And I know one of the things that you mentioned there, uh, Jackie, was around sort of comparing yourself to to peers. I mean, um, you know, lots of trainees now uh, in psychiatry are um, opting to work less than full time. Have you had any negative, uh, any any sort of negative experiences with any trainees uh, because of the fact that you're less than full time as opposed to full time? No, I would probably say the opposite, to be honest. If anything, I feel like sometimes my full time colleagues are a little bit envious, especially when you've got a day off and they haven't. Um, I think it is becoming more and more popular. So obviously, when I first became less than full time, which is more than 10 years ago now, so it was quite a long time ago, um, it was a lot rarer than it is now with the introduction of category three. Basically, any trainee is able to go less than full time if they wish. Obviously, like it has to be able to be accommodated within the, the region. So it, it might not be possible straight away. However, you know, more and more people are interested because it does give you that better work life balance. So even if you don't have a particular reason, you know, if you feel that you like to work less days a week, then you could consider less than full time training. And has being less than full time, has it sort of uh, hindered your progress in terms of sort of getting your membership exams? And, you know, you mentioned about sort of um, balance group and needing to get uh, psychotherapy cases as a core trainee, which are sort of mandatory requirements, obviously, to complete core training. Has it hindered your progress in, in any of those respects? No, um, obviously, I'm still very early on in my training, so I've not been doing um, my exams yet. Um in terms of the balance group, it can be difficult if it's a day that's difficult for you to work. So, for example, our regional training and um, teaching programme is on a Thursday. I don't normally work on a Thursday. So that has involved a little bit of negotiation to kind of be flexible because, you know, you need to have those training opportunities. But in terms of revision and time to prepare, you actually have a bit more because obviously, if you do have commitments outside of work or you do have health problems, you have an appointment to, you know, attend or 
other commitments say then you do lose that time so you, that's where lessonful time training comes in because it means that you do have that time even if you've got a busier life outside of work than most trainees and I think one of the things that trainees might worry about is perhaps the attitude of uh, clinical and education supervisors, whether uh, that, you know, that will be received in a sort of negative light. Have you had any anything like that at all or have um, have supervisors generally been supportive? I think on the whole, people have been very supportive. I think compared to other specialties like paediatrics, where less than full time has been you know, more established for a longer period. I don't think we're quite there yet. However, it, it's certainly not been a problem. And in terms of adjusting my kind of full time percentage, full time equivalent, that hasn't been an issue at all. And, you know, that was really proactively done. And it means that then, you know, as my circumstances change, not even just before or after training, but during the programme, I'm confident that that can kind of accommodate that. And, and I know you mentioned before that in terms of less than full time training, it can range from sort of, you know, 50 percent to 80 percent. So, um, you know, you can modify that. Can can you change that then throughout your core training? You haven't got to stay as a 60 percent trainee right through your um, core training. Is that correct? You can you can modify it as and when you want to. Yeah. So, again, I, I really feel that it is region dependent and speciality dependent um, previously in anaesthetics you know, for a long time, we could only do 60%. Um, but, you know, in this particular region, in psychiatry, it's been really, really flexible. I think if there was an emergency and you needed to drop your hours suddenly, it can be accommodated in as little as 48 hours, is my understanding. But on the whole, it's much easier if you can kind of tie it in with the rotation. But then other than that, it isn't really a problem. Okay. And I suppose for any um, junior doctor or trainee that's sort of thinking less than full time training, would you have any sort of words of advice or any guidance on on how to go about the process? I think the first thing, of course, is to do some research. There are disadvantages to less than full time training. The most obvious one being that it does take longer to get to CCT. The other being, of course, there's financial implications. So in the short term, you will be earning less pay. But also it's going to have long term impact as well, because it'll take you longer to become a consultant and you're going to be paying less into your pension each year, which we might not want to think about at the start of our training. But certainly towards the end, that is something that we're going to be thinking about more and more. So I think do your research, work out if it's well for you, speak to kind of other less than full time um, trainees. One word of advice I would say, certainly from my previous experience, is if you can try and do your initial period of training full time because when you do rotate as a less than full time trainee it does take a little bit longer to settle into your placements so psychiatry is a brand new specialty and you are quite junior as a doctor say straight out of foundation training I think it would be beneficial to get your confidence up if you can do that initial part full time but obviously everyone's circumstances are different and that shouldn't put you off and certainly, you know, you should be well supported if you do decide to go less than full time right from the beginning. OK, that's great. Thank you, uh, Jackie. That's fantastic. So I'm going to move on now to our second trainee, uh, Rachel Kerrigan. So, um, Rachel, you took an out of programme experience. Um, so I think uh, our listeners will be really keen to know what is an out of programme experience? And what did you do and why? Uh, well, there's 
a few different types of out of program um, experiences. You could take a period out of program for research or out of program training that's different to um, you know the competencies in the CCT. Um, but for me, I took an out of program career break, um, which means I'm not doing any psychiatry for uh, a few months. So I've taken a six month program and I understand you can take up to 12 months um, fairly, fairly easily. And I think there's some parallels to the category three of less than full time training. So rather than having to apply for family reasons or because of personal circumstances, um, now it's possible to apply um, for an out program experience, be it career break or otherwise. Um, w without having to have a particular set of reasons. So for me, um, I had a few reasons I wanted to take some time out. It was so that I could um, have a civil partnership with my partner and enjoy spending time with friends and family. I also still had a dream of um, having a kind of gap year experience. And so I've spent the last uh, six weeks in South America, improving my Spanish and being immersed in a culture that I otherwise wouldn't have experienced. Um, and I also wanted to spend some time with elderly uh, relatives um, abroad. So I had also considered whether going less than full time might work and I could travel to see them that way. But uh, on the whole, taking a six month period out of programme has been really uh, perfect for me. And in terms of sort of the uh, process of actually applying for out of programme experience, did you find that quite sort of um, easy to navigate or was it difficult to to kind of uh, understand the processes involved with that? No, it was really straightforward. So it started with um, a conversation with my educational supervisor and we talked through um, the options, pros and cons of what I was thinking about. Um, and then there, were, there was some uh, paperwork application, but it was very, um, very straightforward. And the turnaround was pretty quick. So I, I knew within, I think within about a week, I'd um, got my answer. Um, yeah. And, and and of course, you've had six months away from psychiatry now. I suppose the obvious question is, um, ha have you lost your interest for psychiatry or are you still <laughs> dying to get back now to uh, your training? Uh, well, dying to get back might be a, might be a stretch, but no, I am. I'm looking forward to coming back. I'm, I'm pleased with um, my next um, rotation allocation and um Actually, Health Education Northwest have been really proactive and they've emailed me already about um, a return to training um, event that's happening in January. So I'll be restarting at the beginning of February. Um, and I've also been in contact um, with my educational supervisor via email. So it's not going to be uh, totally uh, in the deep end. I think okay. I'll be eased, eased back in. And um, I mean, I suppose that the other thing that um, I, I would sort of um, think about, if you're thinking of sort of going out of programme, 
Um, I mean, it sounds like you've had a very positive experience. Do you, do you know of anyone that's kind of had a more difficult experience or not quite sort of been able to do what they wanted to do? Or, or is there generally that flexibility there to kind of tailor the out program experience to what you want to do and, and be able to achieve that without any difficulty? Oh, I don't know of anyone having a negative experience. And I, in fact, I only know of one other person who's planning to take um, an out program career break. Uh, similarly uh, to, to my reasons and I don't think they've had any issues in the application process so not that I'm aware of. And w would you have any advice for any of the trainees that are perhaps thinking about an out of programme experience or, or if um, anybody listeners of medical students or foundation doctors any any advice on on you know how they might go about considering an out of programme experience for you know whatever reason? Um, I'd say firstly plan plan your finances so I sold my nice car <laughs> to fund this and have an old banger in place um, and the other piece of advice would be to apply as early as you can once you start thinking about it have those discussions um, with your educational supervisor talk with your family and friends you know, it is a big decision, six months out program, six months without a salary, it's not a decision to to take lightly. Um and the sooner the sooner you apply, the sooner you know and the easier it is to plan. And, and in terms of your sort of training pathway, Rachel, I mean, uh, I'm not sure how far you want, how far on you are with your uh, exams, MRC psych exams, but um, do you think that's going to be affected at all by you doing the out of program experience or uh, is that not going to hinder? your your progress do you think i hopefully not um so i've i had completed ct2 at the point that i um paused um for the career break and in fact i did the the second exam paper b whilst i was on the career break um so i don't think it would it should hinder anything because that just leaves one exam the cast, just the cast. to do within a year so hopefully that's a workable time frame so i've <laughs> and, got at uh, least two sittings okay yeah. that's great and and i suppose that the, the the final question i'd like to ask you in relation to uh out of program experiences was it was it worth it do you think it was the right thing for you to do and do you do you have any regrets at all absolutely um i have no regrets it's been um traveling in colombia has been the experience of a lifetime and I only wish that I had gone there for longer <laughs> um, yeah no no regrets and I think you mentioned it was like the opportunity to take the gap year that you perhaps didn't take between foundation training and core training is that is that right yeah the unmentionable the the pandemic that hampered uh, previous plans um so for me it's been it's been really wonderful to to be able to do both, to both uh, train in the specialty that I want to, and also um, to fulfil those other dreams. Okay, thank you, Rachel. Uh, I'm going to move on to our final trainee then, uh, Jehan. So Jehan, you're a higher trainee, uh, unlike Rachel and Jackie, who are core trainees. So you're a bit further on with your um, uh, training in psychiatry. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit then about your experience as a higher trainee? Because I know you're you're less than full time, uh, but I, I guess the other thing I'm particularly interested in is in relation to the, the benefits um, associated with higher training in terms of special interest session and research sessions. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. 
Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a dual trainee, so I'm doing uh, training in general other psychiatry and also medical psychotherapy, which is um, a five years training program, possibly more for me because I'm doing this than full time. So uh, I get plenty of time to do <laughs> research and special interest sessions. Um, because of because of um, the type of my training, um, because I'm doing medical psychotherapy, it's going to be my special interest session is always going to be medical psychotherapy. And this is what I'm doing, um, uh, doing psychotherapy sessions um, and also um, uh, participating in a kind of a weekly psychotherapy seminars, discussing papers on psychotherapy. Uh, which works really well for me um, because I have I have both both identities being a, a psychiatrist and also a medical psychotherapist. I think this is the beauty of psychiatry. It's an, such an integrative um, type of, of medicine, really, where um, there's a holistic approach of biopsychosocial approach. And I feel like in higher training, I have the privilege of just um, practicing both things that I like. Um, so can yeah. I can I just ask then, Jan? So with, with dual training, so um, you said it's five years, and you're doing general psychiatry and medical psychotherapy al alongside that. So just um, so I'm clear, with, with regards to the five years, do you do uh, so many years of general psychiatry in community settings and inpatient settings, and then so many years of medical psychotherapy, or is it that the medical psychotherapy is all uh, is kind of mixed in on a yearly basis with a general adult placement? Well, it's, it's a bit of both. It's, it's a bit complicated. So uh, um, in two years of the training, I do general adult in addition to a special interest session in medical psychotherapy. And then I moved to uh, another three years of medical psychotherapy, but I spent, I spent the whole time in psychotherapy. Um, there's no special interest uh, session there. Okay. And why was it you chose dual training then as opposed to just um, going into a single specialty? What what kind of drove that decision for you? I think, again, because um, I'm someone who is fascinated with um, with how psychiatry is approaching our patients' holistic um, approach and seeing them as body and minds. Um, it's um, I'm someone who likes to look at patterns and work on them and um, and the symptoms um, of patients who come to us with, with psychiatric disorder, there is there are usually some patterns, some problematic behaviors, some some dynamics that just brings my attention. I feel like I want also to work on them. So although it's taking obviously much more time, but um, you know, five years are going to pass by any anyway. And for me, it feels good that when I finish five years, I'm going to be um, specializing in, in in everything that I want. <laughs> And, and I suppose, um, you know, regardless of whichever specialty we work in in psychiatry, I guess that doctor-patient interaction and those um, relationships are, are important, aren't they, in terms of sort of maintaining therapeutic, therapeutic alliance, etc. And what you're doing is kind of giving yourself a little bit more expertise, you know, in that and uh, developing, you know, increased knowledge of, of different modalities of psychotherapy that presumably you came across as a core trainee when you've done your core training psychotherapy cases and your balance group, etc. So did that spark an initial interest in psychotherapy for you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, doing like doing psychotherapy um, uh, in core training had made me more aware of this is something that I really want to continue um, and yes, as you, just as you said, like psychiatry is all about really 
relation it's a relation relational kind of practice and there's always an emphasis and um on um, um doctor patient relationship and alliance maybe more than in other specialities and do you see yourself at the end of five years going into uh, general adults uh, a general adult consultant post or a medical psychotherapy post or is that something that you've considered yet so I'm, I'm obviously I'm, I'm doing both because i can see myself doing doing both and um i i kind of it's it's also it's interesting that i can change roles that i can do a bit of both it's just uh it's certainly not going to be boring for me and and in terms of your sort of decision to do dual training had you spoken to other um higher trainees that were doing dual training and had you got sort of an indication as to from them as to whether it was a good thing to do and what were the what were the positives of it etc well um, given that I started high training coming from abroad, so I didn't have much exposure to um, to trainees. Um, how, however, I've, I've, I've done I've done some research and I've also asked around before before choosing to get a, um, some of the trainees in the in the region. I've, I've contacted them and asked them about it, and it it it's just it's encouraging. It's, it's a promising um, job that I felt you know that I would like to try that and I feel like you know I'm happy with my choice now. And and from a supervisor perspective have you found that sort of supervisors uh, have been supportive you know because obviously your, 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 your training is extended to five years as you've said and you're, you're sort of doing um, posts in different uh, environments if you like have you found trainees sorry have you found trainers have been generally supportive of you throughout the dual training uh, that you've completed? Yeah, really, like for almost my experience here, uh, my supervisors had been appreciating uh, my special interest and also my, um, like my, because it also comes with some kind of educational commitments um, in both specialities. So I found that, yeah, it, it can be managed, I can be supported um, in both specialities, which is helpful, obviously. And I just wanted to uh, briefly touch on a special interest session and research session. So um, as higher trainees, you're allowed half a day for your special interest session, half a day for your research session. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And is that um, time ring fence for you? Or is, is that something that you really had to fight for as a higher trainee or is it something that's kind of generally protected? You're not, you, you know, you don't have to worry about missing it, et cetera. No, I, I haven't really worried in, in regards that I, I haven't really worried, for example, you know, like my consultants and my supervisors have been always encouraging for me to um, to fulfill the research competencies. It's a bit difficult for me because I'm doing um, uh, a full day of special interest in medical psychotherapy. So it's it's a bit difficult for me to fit in uh, research time uh, also because I'm working less, less than full time. So this is something that I'm working on to, um, to, to get more time. But to be honest, like... Um, it it is it is still management. Lots of other trainees uh, who are doing like half half day session of special interest. They can easily um, get another half day for research and audit. And I haven't really heard so far problems about um, about that. It's it's kind of a protected time as long as it doesn't clash with you know major clinical and other educational uh, commitments. Obviously, um, yeah. But it's it's usually well arranged with the with the supervisors. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jehan, and thank you, uh, Jackie and Rachel as well. It's uh, it's been fascinating talking to all three of you today, and uh, I guess you, you you're all coming from fairly different backgrounds. And I think 
it's given our listeners uh, a really good insight into the possibilities available within uh, both core training and psychiatry and higher training as well in terms of working less than full time, uh, considering an outer program experience uh, and also um, thinking about dual training as well uh, in terms of higher training in psychiatry. Um, so I just want to say a massive thank you to uh, yourselves, Jackie, Rachel and Johan for joining us today. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's been interesting for me. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you.